Big thanks to eBay for sponsoring this episode of Pass Gas. Passion, drive, patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. We're talking superchargers, turbos, exhaust kits, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need for the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The year 2002, the event, the Cypress Rally of the WRC in the mountains of Trudeau's. The driver, Colin McRae. It had been seven years since Colin's World Rally Championship win in 1995. Now, he was in the lead, both in points for the Drivers' Championship and at the Cypress event in his Ford Focus RS. Colin spotted a chance to cut a corner through some bushes. It only saved him milliseconds, but every turn was an opportunity to build his lead. However, Hidden in the bushes was a low wall. Colin and his co-driver, Nicky Grist, rolled. A helicopter shot caught the aftermath. The right side of the Focus was badly damaged. Colin was karate kicking the fender above the front right wheel, trying to straighten it out. The passenger door was completely unhinged, banging back and forth, but incredibly, the car was still driving. We lost the power steering, recorded Nicky Grist over the team radio. The lead had also been lost, but Colin pressed on and finished the stage. Meanwhile, the team used hammers and crowbars to literally bang the car back into shape. Ford's manager advised Colin to drive steady and settle for second. But for Colin McRae, whose motto was, if in doubt, flat out, driving steady was not an option. Colin entered a fast section of the course. The Scott was pushing his damaged focus to the absolute limit. An upcoming long bend was classified as a five right plus, a fifth gear corner that Colin approached in sixth. It was too much speed and Colin rolled his focus again. The car was so battered, it almost looked unrecognizable, but amazingly, it was still running. Colin took off down the course, but Nicky was confused. His pace notes suddenly didn't match any of the turns. Nicky suddenly realized that they were going the wrong way. Colin yanked the handbrake, spinning the focus 180 degrees and continued on. He finished in sixth. Perhaps only Colin McRae could make crashing, crashing again, and losing a race seem like greatness. In his co-driver's words, it was Colin's Mad Max moment. We don't just want to see people win, we want to see them persist. So we have to ask the question, today on Pass Gas, is Colin McRae the greatest rally driver of all time? Pass Gas Podcast, it's about cars, it's not about ports. <laughs> I don't want to do ballet. 
I want to rally. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned uh, that he was karate kicking it because karate is not just a sport. It's survival. No fear. <laughs> wow. No fear. Yeah, that's right. An appropriate right. quote from the book of uh, No Fear. Welcome back to Past Gas this this week with a uh, with an intro this time. Uh, I'm Nolan Sykes, joined as always by my two co-hosts, James Pumphrey. Hello. And Joe Weber. Truly fired up for this one, Nolan. <laughs> wow. Yeah, today is our second part and our conclusion on our series of Colin McRae. Um, perhaps one of the greatest of all time. We will see. I've learned a lot about Rally last week. Uh, gained a lot of appreciation for the Scotsman. Um, admittedly, I didn't really know a whole lot, just that he, uh, he, he was a legend. Now I know why. And today we're going to dive further into that. We're going to see where he transitions from driving for Subaru to Ford, as we mentioned in the intro, what he did after his career, like uh, he, he took to the track and he, uh, he competed at the X Games, a very legendary moment. Um, yeah. Speaking of no fear, that was that gold Subaru yep, was a no right. fear, had a no fear livery. Well, I think that that's is... what sparked the entire no fear bit yesterday is after I said that James had to, uh, find an angel <laughs> fire site with every, no fear every quote. single no fear, uh, <laughs> hit me up at no fear at donut.media. If you want, uh, me to send you the angel fire complete list of every no fear say it's really like it's great i looked at it for like 20 minutes yesterday i really do feel like we found the equivalent of like the dead sea scrolls or yeah, absolutely like a new like a new bible this is almost. our rosetta stone <laughs> yeah 100 this is a huge discovery it's not um formatted in a conventional way by like first letter or something it's formatted by length so it's got a cool yeah. shape to the list too <laughs> uh-huh. yeah it's just bright red uh, I believe it's some sort of Comic Sans. Yep. And it's just over a black background. There's a really primitive gif of the No Fear Eyes uh, mm-hmm. up top, which is really cool. It's pronounced gif, not jif, No Fear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this deserves its own episode. You know, what are the yeah. what mysteries do the Angel Fire collection of No Fear quotes, what do they hold? What does it mean? Is it some sort of cipher, perhaps, like the Zodiac Killer, uh, or is it something else? It means life is a contact sport, Nolan. No fear. (laughs) I do remember that one. I think my friend had that shirt. Many are called, few are chosen. No fear. (laughs) I think we've talked enough about no fear. Uh, But don't worry, James. You'll get a chance to talk about no fear uh, later (laughs) in the episode, so... After winning the World Rally Championship in 1995 at the age of 27, might I remind you, Colin McRae was a worldwide celebrity. His name was now synonymous with rally. He was awarded the Member of the British Empire Award, the third highest British honor, basically becoming a knight uh, of the round kids table. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) For 27 years, Colin had dreamed of being a champion, and now he was one and was pretty damn awesome. But a congratulatory call from faraway Calgary, Canada, eclipsed all the praise and attention Colin was receiving. On the other end of the line was Allison Hamilton, his girlfriend from his teenage years, and his co-driver on his very first ever rally win. In 1994, the two had split. Allison had moved to Canada to try to start over, clearly putting as much distance between herself and Colin as possible. 
A year had passed. Allison had picked up the Calgary Herald, and there, a few pages in, she saw it printed in black and white. Colin, her ex, was world champion. Oh, now might be a good time to call up my ex. Oh, I should see what Colin's up to. (laughs) Shortly after the phone call, Allison recalls that Colin, quote, plucked up the courage to come and bring me home. Shortly after, the two got married. Isn't that sweet? Mm Mm-hmm. Like many young prodigies, Colin was living life backwards to a certain extent. First, he'd reached the highest level of his discipline, and now he was catching up with living his life. I can totally relate. Same. Yeah, I just sometimes you need a gap year. Yeah, sometimes you need a gap 15 years. <laughs> Part of what had distracted him from everyday life was his relentlessly competitive attitude. For example, before he became World Rally Champion, ProDrive, the company that ran the Subaru Rally team, invited Colin to guest race in the British Touring Car Championship. The race was at Knock Hill, Colin's local circuit, so he would have some familiarity with the course. It was mostly a publicity stunt and a bit of fun for Colin, who had never raced a track car in competition. McRae got off to a rough start in qualifying. He had it insisted that the ABS and his 3 Series BMW be disabled for the race, and within three laps in testing, he had spun off the course. Eventually, McCrash. <laughs> McCrash. A classic McCrash, dude. Eventually, he got it together and qualified a, um, you know, reasonable 15th place. Out of the two races, Colin placed eighth in one, aided by his knowledge of the course. But Colin was determined to improve his standing in the second race, which started in wet conditions, possibly an advantage for a driver used to driving on much more unpredictable yeah. surfaces than wet pavement. Yeah, I think this I'd is say. where his rally experience is going to come into play the great equalizer (laughs) (laughs) again uh he settled into eighth place but colin could sense that he was faster than matt neal the seventh place car in the corners on the sharpest turn of the course neal had braked hard and colin tapped into the rear of neal's car sending neal spinning off the course as colin continued to speed down the track the move didn't fly with the stewards however who waved the black flag and disqualified mccray from his first and only touring car outing. That seems a bit excessive. I mean, I, I haven't seen the footage of this, but like, it sounds like it was a little bit more serious than just a racing incident. So mm-hmm. uh, bad luck for Colin. For McRae, it was a fun experiment that had come to an abrupt end. For Steve and Neil, Matt's father and the manager of the team called Rimstock Racing, it was infuriating. Steve Neal threatened to, quote, find McRae, rip his head off, and shit <laughs> down his neck. <laughs> Becoming a bucket for human waste was not on Colin's bucket list, so he headed straight to the ProDrive trailer to hide out until the Neil team could uh, <laughs> cool off. I'm going to rip your head off and <laughs> down your neck. It's like a rock line. Like, that is definitely a rock Fast yeah, and Furious from Fast line. Fast and Furious line. Except he wouldn't I'm say, gonna, <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to rip your head off and do my bad business down your neck. <laughs> don't wear a hat tomorrow because I'm going to rip your head off and crap down your neck. Mamacita. (laughs) (laughs) After winning the 1995 World Rally Championship, 1996 saw Collins return to Subaru Pro Drive and the Impreza 555 to attempt a back-to-back championship. His former teammate, now rival Carlos Sainz, had defected to Ford and was driving in the Escort RS Cosworth. Very cool car. Meanwhile, Toyota was banned for a year after the turbo limiter cheating scandal of the previous season. With that ban, Rally was down to three 
official teams. Subaru, Ford, and Mitsubishi. The principal driver for Mitsubishi was a Finnish driver named Tommy Mekinen. Hell yeah. Driving the Lancer Evo 3. At 32 years old, Mackinnon was a little more seasoned than Colin, but unlike McRae, was still without a World Rally Championship title of his own. Tommy's really cool because uh, his Evo said his freaking name on the front bumper. It was like it had That's a sick good. like red and white livery, like Mitsubishi livery, and then it just said Tommy on the front. It was Tommy who got off to a hot start in the season's cold weather opener, winning in the snows of Sweden. <laughs> the next race was the Safari Rally held in Kenya. The race was famous for its massive length, 927.5 miles altogether in 1996. Challenges included the very real danger of hitting wild animals on the course. Each car was fitted with bash bars on the front bumper to address this issue. Tommy benefited from Mitsubishi's service innovation where the previous strategy across rally had been to service each corner of the car individually, Depending on need, in Kenya, Mitsubishi started assigning two technicians to each corner and fully servicing the car at every pit stop. Soon, all the teams would adopt the same strategy, but for the time being, it meant Mitsubishi would win the Safari by a massive margin, nearly 15 minutes over Subaru. Jeez. That's so sick that like it wasn't a technical innovation. It was yeah. uh, like pure strategy. Yeah, it's just like, oh yeah, let's add more people. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Let's get some more guys. And we'll just yeah. do it every time. At this point, uh, Mitsubishi, like they, they had had a pretty long uh, rally heritage. In the late 60s, they had entered a race in Australia to kind of prove their worth as like a, 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 a reliable brand. That's what, ra- I mean, that's the whole point of rally was to be like, hey, we, get, we make tough cars. Um, mm-hmm. But they had been kind of struggling. I do believe the Gallant was a rally car for a little while. Yeah, um, definitely. And then they took that, um, they they developed a new all wheel drive system and and the 4G uh, what is it 63 4G 63T engine uh, the turbocharged four four cylinder and a, a new all wheel drive system for the the Lancer which was just like a little economy car but now yeah. is the Lancer Revolution and then the the cherry on top was Tommy Mackinnon he had had a lot of experience in rally already and he was there to help develop the evo even further so this strategy definitely that was like a new way of thinking in rally but also like the the combination of tommy who had yet to like get a car that was really to his level in his career Mm -hmm. and this new technology is really what like put mitsubishi over the top it was a perfect storm yeah you you had the guy you had the car you had the team Mm -hmm. next up on the schedule is indonesia the third continent to host an event in as many races with 95 percent humidity drivers were required to drink as much as 14 liters of water a day to stay hydrated goodness how many 14 i drink 27 liters a day just in normal la (laughs) humidity i'm probably the healthiest out of all of us that's 3.69 haha nice gallons wow (laughs) That's a lot lot of gallons. Monsoon rains would intermittently drench the course. It was a test of greatness for many of the drivers. Too great of a test for some, as Tommy and Colin were both forced to retire, giving Carlos Sainz his first victory of the year. After Indonesia, it was a quick 16-hour flight over to Greece for the Acropolis Rally. Colin recovered from the sophomore slump common to champion drivers winning 10 stages of the race, 
and holding the lead for the entirety of the event to earn a first place finish. Four races into the season, and all three teams had scored a win. Mm. In a season that had already roamed from the near Arctic to the African desert to the monsoon-drenched islands of Indonesia, the next race held in Argentina would prove to be the wildest. Unlike the season's previous contests, the biggest obstacle was not natural, but man-made. And when we say man-made, we mean literal men and women and kids, thousands of them packed onto the course and standing right on the road, reminiscent of the hectic scenes of the 1980s Group B rallies. Colin complained that, quote, there were far too many spectators standing on the road everywhere. The pressure was too much for Colin, who rolled his car. Even in crashing, his wrecked car was mobbed with spectators. Tommy Mackinnon would win Argentina as well as the next two events in Australia and his home country of Finland. Although Colin fought back at the end of the season to win in Italy and Spain, it wasn't enough to catch Tommy in points and the Finns sped ahead to his first World Rally Championship. Still, the new rivalry that had ignited between the two men excited the sport. For the second time in two years, Rally had a first-time world champion. Yeah, it's exciting, especially when uh, it's a different manufacturer as well. I just want to talk mm-hmm. about Argentina for a sec. One of their most iconic stages in that rally is like they're going through these really like it almost looks like they're going through like an, a vol- where a volcano used to go. A lava flow, basically. <laughs> it's like you it's know not an actual lava. Yeah, hey, you know where my volcano used to go? Uh, a mountain? <laughs> they're they're going Are you through about like a mountain. Some, yeah, yeah. It's like a super. If you just look up Rally Argentina right now, uh, it's like super craggy rocks, just like in this little ribbon of dirt road through these huge rock formations. And you can see like people are like standing on these oh rocks as you're flying by. It's just, it's it looks like they're rallying on a different planet. It's so yeah. cool. I would love to go to, I would love to check out Argentina during a WRC event. That'd be so cool. I'd love to just drive on this road. Craggy rock. Craggy. I love craggy. That's my favorite word right now. <laughs> Agro <good>. crag. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, From please, guts. Please. I looked up agro crags for sale a couple months ago. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun to just have in the back of zoom calls so like people could be like did james win nickelodeon guts <laughs> wait the agro crag was the trophy or the mountain that they had to the agro the agro crag was the mountain but if you won you got a piece of the crag oh that's cool oh, you and get that like little this. green trophy thing uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. That's the stones that the crag is made out of. Whoa. You, I would you... destroy an aggro crag right now. In the <laughs> in, I feel like I'm at my my best physical state. I could just climb up that super quick. At, at one point a couple of years ago, I was like, man, if I could go back and play football in high school right now, I would rule. Oh my and, god. I, I feel that now, probably every other week, man. Yeah, and now I'm like, you know what? I probably wouldn't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the 1997 season saw the McRae Mackinnon rivalry go from spark to a flame. As Carlos Sainz struggled to find the top of the podium, it was once again a two man race for the championship between Mackinnon and McRae. Rule changes to the sport led to an expanded schedule that included a grueling 14 event calendar. Additionally, Group A was replaced with a new system where the cars no longer had to be homologated meaning vehicles could be specifically developed for rally without manufacturers having to market a publicly sold vehicle. 
Colin won an impressive five times over the course of 97, besting Tommy, who won four times. But the consistency and technicality of the Finnish driver, who retired only four times over the course of the season, put Tommy Mackinnon exactly one point ahead of Colin, even though Colin won the last three rallies of the season in Italy, Australia, and in front of an adoring crowd for the season-ender in Great Britain. Nobody would call Tommy Mackinnon a turtle, but if this was a tortoise and hare story, that not quite as fast but steadier driver had just barely managed to edge out the Scottish hare. Uh, so funny that there's a sport where you cannot finish four times and still win the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, that just shows how brutal rally is, you know? Yeah. Like, if someone finished every rally, that would, that would be a huge triumph. Perhaps part of the issues for Colin was that even with as competitive as he was, he was also a crowd pleaser. Driving for the fans was, in his words, something I always try to do. If there's a load of fans in one corner, you'll always be a wee bit more exuberant just to give them something to look at. That's what it's all about. So a little bit of overdriving might have led to some mistakes, and yeah. sometimes oversteering <laughs> is a little slower. You know, That's just like an awesome way for a guy like that to look at the sport. Like, you know, you have like uh, all these engineers and stuff like trying to figure out how to you know put we'll put two guys on each corner of the car and we'll totally service the car at every pit stop and you know let's like spend millions of dollars on this and millions of dollars on that and then he basically looks at it as like like a fair yeah. event like like a sideshow yeah but he's like yeah they want to see you know like the dirt fly up the car <laughs> slide around yeah you know, if i flip over good. that's a that's a you know that's a lot of attention <laughs> Yeah, showbiz, baby, showbiz. The people came for a show. Let's give them one. I think uh, FD is a great example of a motorsport that's still very much like that. Like they know that it's a show, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like Colin McRae looked at WRC. Yeah, he looked at WRC like uh, monster trucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Although McRae and Mackinnon were rivals on the course, they seemed to enjoy each other's company off it. For example, the night before the Rally Finland event, Tommy invited Colin to his property to, in Colin's recollection, do some enduro racing. Tommy <laughs> tore down a road and Colin followed, sticking with him for two hours before Tommy finally pulled over. His destination, a local cafe where Tommy went in and ordered a beer. Aware that he'd be racing the next day, Colin tried to order water, but Tommy insisted that the Scotsman drink with him. Colin knew that Tommy was trying to wear him out before the race, but his pride got the better of him. He had the beer, and the two drivers drove on through the night. Dude, Finns know how to drink. Is it Osbo finish? I've never met him, but yeah, he is. I like Osbo because he drives like a rally driver, uh, funnily enough. Uh, Frederick Osbo, he's a Formula Drift driver. But his style is like, he's just so fast and so precise. But when you mm -hmm. watch him drift, to me, it looks like rally driving. I wonder if that has anything to do with like experience ice racing. I think it does, dude. He spends a lot of time on ice in the off season. That's cool. Yeah. I want to like, do that. The videos are so sick. Do you remember that video of like the go-karts, like souped up go-karts on the river? Yeah. Like, frozen no. over river. Yeah. I want to cool. do that so bad. And that I'll, sounds really fun. I'll pay whatever to make that happen. I would pay $3,000 for that experience. Yeah. To fly up to Finland or something and yeah. go ice drifting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, professionally, things weren't so breezy for Colin McRae. After the close contests of 96 and 97, McRae lagged behind both Mackinnon and Signs in the standings in 98. If in doubt, flat out, or in the case of the 1999 season, 
uh, switch teams. After eight years with Subaru, Colin left the team and joined Ford. <laughs> of the changeup, Colin said, quote, I could stay with Subaru and possibly be there for the rest of my career, or I could go to Ford and take up a new challenge. I could justify staying because the team has been built around me and I know everyone, but perhaps this is the time to bite the bullet and take a fresh direction. Wow, it's a tough decision. That really yeah. is. But, I don't know, sometimes sometimes you got to switch it up. I mean, after eight years, too, like, they don't really, you don't really owe them much anymore, I don't think. No, you uh, got them a you got them a title. You got them that title. You've made the the Subaru iconic. Uh, I mean, to this day, you know, like to me, like mm-hmm. I mean, just like to this day, if you're gonna buy a blue Subaru, you yeah. gotta put gold wheels on it. Yeah. That's just what I think. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and that's because Colin McRae made that car so iconic. Right. And when you think of Colin McRae, you think of that car. Yeah. You don't think of a Ford. Well, we're gonna talk about why maybe you should, James. Yeah, do you know what Ford actually stands for? Fast only rallying dirt. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Fast, uh, yeah. (laughs) Perhaps by coincidence, the day Colin signed with Ford was his 30th birthday. Ford was unveiling a new car, the Focus. With Subaru, Colin had taken ProDrive from a teeny tiny team in 1991 to one at the pinnacle of the sport, and he was sure that Ford was the place to give him his second championship. To do so, Ford pledged to spend money, a ton of money, not just on R&D, but on Colin himself. His birthday present from the Detroit manufacturer was a contract valued at 3 million pounds per year, a long way from the 10,000 a year dollar deal he started at ProDrive not so long ago. As the ink dried, Colin could say he was on top of the sport in at least one sense. He was now the highest paid driver in rally history. Wow. Now I know, I know, Ford is based out of Detroit, but I think it was Ford of Europe that yeah. probably put this together. For sure. Mm, yeah. But it's fun to say stuff from Detroit. Yeah. You know, still the money couldn't guarantee Colin what he wanted most. Another title. His Ford debut was at Monaco. On inspection, the focus was determined to have an illegal water pump. McRae still drove in the race with an appeal on the ruling pending. Colin won four stages for an overall third place, but the FIA held firm and the focus was disqualified and Colin's podium finish was revoked. It was a frustrating start and a sign of things to come for the year. An illegal water pump. That's so lame. That's like when uh, the, uh, what was it? I think it was the Mini Cooper. When it first ran at Monte Carlo, uh, it got disqualified because of an illegal headlight. What? Yeah. What was illegal about it? I don't know. It was like, I don't think it was stock or something like that. Something stupid. That's dumb. Something that would have no bearing on the performance of the car. What was weird about the headlight? Uh, it was a turbo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you have a point. <laughs> we'll get back to more past gas, but right now, a word from our sponsors. Big thanks to eBay for sponsoring this episode of Pass Gas. Passion, drive, patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. We're talking superchargers, turbos, exhaust kits, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
With all the parts you need for the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. As the season continued, McRae retired or was disqualified out of an eye-popping 11 of the 14 events. Oh, my God. Although he won two of the events where he managed to finish, it was an unacceptable result. What a weird season. The focus was undeniably fast but unreliable, a deal-breaker in rally. Seemingly in the blink of an eye, it was Tommy Mackinnon, not McRae, who was the undisputed king of rally having now won more championships in a row than anyone in the history of the sport. That's why they put his name on the front of the car, man. The 2000 rally season saw a reunion of sorts as Carlos Sainz joined Ford, making him and McRae teammates just like back in the Subaru days. The season was a disappointment for both men, however, as they finished third and fourth in the standings. 2000 saw the return of Colin McCrash as he experienced the scariest accident of his career to date at the Rally de France in Corsica. Colin had rolled his car countless times, but he usually remembered what happened. In his words, I know it happened, and I know why it happened. Nicky Grist, his co-driver who had replaced Derek Ringer after 1996, filled in the details. Colin was going around a very long sixth-gear corner around the side of a mountain. To his left was a steep rock face. To his right, a wooded ravine. As the turn tightened, Nicky read out the pace notes for Colin to switch down to third. But as he was reading, he realized something had gone wrong. They were driving much too fast. Colin tried to correct by turning in early and braking, but it was too tight and the front left corner of the car clipped the rock face. The focus was knocked hard to the right, tumbling off the road through a gap in the cliff wall, straight down to the bottom of the ravine, where it landed with a crunch on its roof. Nicky managed to crawl out of the wreck, but Colin was stuck, badly injured. For nearly 45 minutes as crews worked to get him out, the fuel tank was ruptured. 
and leaking into a puddle around the car, and the team was terrified the wreckage could ignite at any moment. When Colin was finally rescued, his cheekbone and eye socket were shattered, and he was sent to recover in a hospital. He personally considered the accident the worst mistake of his career. His doctor predicted Colin's season was over, but three weeks later, he was back racing in San Remo. Although McRae would place a middling sixth place in his comeback race, the fact that he'd even made it back to the sport must have meant more than any trophy. Yeah, this is a pretty gnarly crash. There's there's video of it on YouTube. Um, and what's even crazier, I don't think this was during competition because in the video, both Colin and uh, his co-driver, Nikki are wearing short sleeve shirts. I think it was like just during a, a recce run, as it is, a reconnaissance run. Wow. Um, and yeah, so like he, he, he clips that corner a little too much. The, the, the side of the hill acts like a ramp. And just like he goes up on two wheels and there's nothing really you can do at that point. Just by pure happenstance, where the, the car's trajectory is just through the only gap in that stupid <sighs> retaining wall. And then they just fly off. Uh, it's pretty gnarly. Look it up if you're a sicko. <laughs> <laughs> Truly a recce run. It was a it was midway through the 2001 season that Colin McRae finally started to settle into his spot at Ford. The Blue Oval boys had steadily improved the Focus's reliability, and gone were the days of Colin retiring from more races than he finished. After failing to reach the podium in his first four starts of the year, he suddenly caught fire and won three races in a row, putting him at the top of the point standings. Also in the mix were Tommy Mackinnon and the young Richard Burns, who was only becoming more of a force at Subaru. Just like in 1995, the season came down to the final race of the year, the RAC Rally, recently renamed the Rally of Great Britain. Six years had passed since Colin had found victory in the woods of Wales, with bagpipers playing him in as he cruised to a relatively straightforward win. However, Colin had reason to worry. It was Richard Burns, not McRae, who had won the British event the past three years in a row. Colin was leading the standings by only a point, and four different drivers all had the opportunity to win the championship depending on the result of the British Rally. Wow. What a f***ing exciting thing. Yeah, yeah. that's so cool. <laughs> I just got, like, heart palpitations. <laughs> yeah. As the event began, everything was going well. Colin was in the zone just like in 1995, winning several early stages. Richard Burns neatly summarized what happened next. There are times when you can totally predict when Colin's going to make a mistake. When you're driving absolutely at your limit and you're just getting away with things and someone is taking a few seconds off you, it means they're at the limit as well or over the limit. Basically, if Burns was driving as fast as humanly possible and Colin was still faster, he was driving too fast not to crash. That's so cool to be like that confident in your driving ability where you're like, I'm driving as fast as someone can drive. Yeah. yeah. Like there's no one who can drive as fast as me right now without being like crazy. Yeah. So if someone is driving faster than me right now, they're going to probably wreck. They're going to screw up. Yeah. That's kind of a weird confidence. But like it doesn't seem cocky. It no. seems just like, yeah. It's like, okay, man, if you want to be reckless, good on you. But yeah, I know how fast a car can go in these woods and I'm going it. So. <laughs> The moment came on a pretty innocuous turn in the middle of the field. Taking it a little too fast, the car drifted a few inches too far off the road. It hit a bump and went spinning into the meadow. In Nicky Grist, Colin's co-driver's words, all he could remember was, seeing road, 
trees, sky, road, trees, sky. (laughs) (laughs) As Colin was tumbling, he recalled that time slowed down as he realized that it wasn't just his day that was over. It was his entire season. To add insult to injury, Richard Burns, who ended up champion that year, had only placed third. If Colin could have held on to even a fourth place finish, he would have won his second world oh title. Oh my God. That That's sucks. disappointing. Oh God. You're just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, that's, uh, you know, I mean, Colin was known for driving out the limit, you know, mm-hmm. that was his whole appeal, but that's where it really starts to bite you in the, <laughs> is that those kind of mistakes. You can see why like the team, like in all of these stories, like the team versus the driver is nothing new. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But I've never really sympathized with the team. I've always yeah. been like, no, man, the driver. The driver's yeah. the guy. But with this, I can see the frustration. Oh, my God. I'd be so pissed. If you're, like, at Ford and, like, if you win another championship, you get a huge bonus and, like, your career, you know, rises too. And this guy just has to finish fourth. Yeah. And he, like, won't. Yeah. And you're just like, f***ing dude. Yeah. That's dude, I that- already spent that money. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, God, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. Yeah, I'd be, I I think justifiable anger from that is, yeah, yeah, totally understandable. But that's also like what sets the, these type of people apart. And that's like why they're, they're able to be bigger than just a race car driver. That they're just like iconic. Yeah, he's a legend, but yeah, you're just like, I mean, this just yeah. this shows the the reality of the frustration of having to work with a legend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel that working with you, Nolan. No, yeah. Just know. like finish fourth. Sometimes. <laughs> no, I have to make a video about cup holders. <laughs> I'm gonna make the best video about cup holders. Nolan, yeah. it can't be done. <laughs> Watch me, mother. <laughs> Crash and burn. (laughs) (laughs) To understand where cup holders come from, we have to go back to caveman drinking out of stone cups. (laughs) Before cups, uh, people drank out of their hands or just plunked their head down into the river. (laughs) After the crash, Colin raced for one more year at Ford, but the momentum he'd been slowly building was lost. He placed a disappointing fourth place for the year. For the following season, he reportedly negotiated for a five million pound contract, but Ford balked. It was too much money. The transatlantic relationship em- ended on amicable terms. It wasn't as though Colin had money problems, though. For one, he now had a hit series of video games with his name on it, starting with Colin McRae Rally in 1998, with Colin's signature Impreza Triple Five on the cover. I was looking at. The second one, Colin McRae Rally 2, uh-huh. uh, which came out in 2000, and it still holds up. Like, the graphics are a little wonky, but, like, mm-hmm. the physics look really good. Like, I have fun playing it. And then the menus are, like, slick. There's tuning options that are similar to, like, Gran Turismo. I remember being in a Kmart when the Xbox first came out, and they had mm-hmm. a demo, like a demo disc, of course, and Colin McRae Rally 2 was one of the demos on there, and I played it for a little bit and was like, yep, I'll remember this and talk about it on a podcast uh, <laughs> t- 20 years from now. And then now. your mom was like, what's a podcast? And I was like, mom, 
Whatever. Uh, invest in it now. <laughs> <laughs> parents just don't understand. That game was made by Codemasters, who make Dirt 5, which is the rally game uh, that Nolan and I are in. Yeah, that's right. If you haven't uh, bought it yet, get on that, son. Go buy it. I'm definitely waiting for that PS5 to, to be more available so I can fully play through it. Uh, yeah, so yeah, uh, Codemasters built it or made the game. It had been inspired by a successful arcade game of the 90s called Sega Rally. However, in contrast, the Colin McRae series offered more realistic gameplay. In Colin's words, quote, I played different computer games, and to be honest, they were all fairly corny. <laughs> all I said at the beginning was if we do it, we've got to do it properly and make it as realistic as we can. You really ditched that uh, Scottish I accent halfway it, through. You know, I can try again. I played differently. I played different computer games. To be honest, they were fairly corny. All I can say at the beginning was, if we do it, we've got to do it properly and make it as realistic as we can. That was pretty Liverpooly. Yeah, you sounded uh, like you're in the Beatles. We're gonna make a game called Rock Band Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I said, why don't we make a game called Beatles? Why don't we? Why don't we make a game called the Beatles where you just be the Beatles? We'll even have a little rubber drum set for my boy Ringo. <laughs> Ooh, we got a little bass for Paul. George may well be on the guitar. But the guitar's going to have six buttons and they're all different colors. <laughs> I love rock band drums. Okay, way off topic. Uh, the release of uh, Colin McRae Rally was well-timed with the release of Gran Turismo a year before, creating a massively increased audience for sim racing titles. Uh, in 2002, as McRae's job with Ford was ending, the third game of the series was released for Xbox. That must have been the one I played at Kmart. It's hard to know how much Colin made off the game series, but safe to say he was <laughs> dirt rich, not dirt poor. Nice. Colin McRae's nice. dirt... Filthy rich, not dirt poor, but safe to say he was filthy rich, not dirt poor. He was filthy. That's a better joke. From yeah, being that is covered in dirt because he was. It was called Colin McRae's dirt. He forgot to wipe his hiney before he went to school. <laughs> oh my god! What? Uh, in 2003, rather, Colin joined Citron, driving the Citron Xera. He was clearly trying to get his mojo back as he made the move to rehire his original co-driver from the Subaru days, Derek Ringer. McRae drove consistently, but it was a tough season, unfortunately. The car was excellent, the best Colin had driven by his own estimation, but he found it hard to mesh with the French team. I, I, can, I can see that. A yeah. Scot and a Frenchman? I don't know. It's a cool car. I think uh, Sebastian Loeb drove for Citroen, right? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I believe he did. Anyway... In Colin's words, quote, it was a totally different mentality uh, at the French team. And remember, this guy is known for his understatements. The language barrier also made it difficult for a sport which required clear and precise communication over events that spanned for days. After a year, Colin said adieu and took a sabbatical in 2004. It felt a bit like the end of a rally era as Tommy Mackinnon, Colin's greatest rally rival, retired from the sport altogether as well. Adding to the changing of the guard vibes, 2004 was also the year that Sebastian Loeb won his first World Rally Championship. Nobody knew it at the time, but it was the first of an astonishing nine-in-a-row WRC Whoa. championships for the Frenchman. Nobody, not even Mackinnon, had ever been so dominating in the sport. That's so sick. Sebastian Why? is a bad... <clears throat> I know Sebastian Loeb because they had his, I believe, Citron in Gran Turismo. 
Yeah, this guy's such a bad. What made that possible for him to win nine in a row? I don't know. I think maybe we'll have to do a series on that, perhaps. Let's do it. Colin took advantage of the break to pursue other forms of driving. He entered the Dakar Rally, which, despite its name, was more of an endurance race than a true rally event. He and his co-driver at one point broke down and were briefly stranded in the desert, not an uncommon event at the Dakar, but Colin had a blast. He got two stage wins, and although he didn't place, he was hooked. The second year, he was in the lead when he crashed on the sand at high speed, sending parts of his car in all directions on the sand dunes. All in a day's work for Colin McCrash. After a disappointing return to the World Rally stage in 2005 for Czech automaker Škoda, Colin experimented with a totally different take on rally at the 2006 X Games, the Olympics of extreme sports. No fear. No fear, baby, had found a novel way to make rally a bit more friendly for the masses with shorter stages that kept the results closer. McRae, who was driving a gold Subaru with a big old no fear Ooh, livery. No fear! <laughs> <laughs> for the event would be facing off against 14 other drivers but as the event was underway it was clear his main rival for the gold medal would be the american motocross phenom future Jim Connor driver that's right travis pastrana what's travis pastrana's nickname travi p <laughs> oh yeah uh isn't it it uh, I, I i knew this he doesn't he needs to have one the the bay boy because he jumped like his something boy. motorcycle into the bay bay boy travi p <laughs> bay boy travi p Come i don't on. think that's it joe i don't think that's uh, it. anyway he's a, we love travis Estrada on the show oh the gimp <laughs> <laughs> second time the gimp has been brought up in this it is uh it's because he's had multiple concussions a dislocated spine a broken pelvis a hip foot no ankle, way. thumb elbows fingers and wrists oh man so his nickname is the gimp uh, but his other nickname yeah. is Wonder Boy. Oh, Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy. Wonder not Golden Boy. Wonder Boy. Oh, is that song about Travi P, the Bay Boy? <laughs> <laughs> is is Wonder Boy by Tenacious D about Travi P, the Bay Boy? Yeah. Secret <laughs> secret of his powers. His powers what are double backwards. What is the secrets of your powers? Yeah, love. Jack Black, famously a huge motocross fan. Back to the X Games. True to form, Colin kept it close and exciting until the final stage of the event, which if you haven't seen, please watch it. Raced in front of an enormous crowd at the Los Angeles Home Depot Center, <laughs> Pastrana was in first place. <laughs> and as Colin took to the course, which ran around the outside of the stadium before going back inside, his splits were faster than Pastrana's. He was on course to win the event. Once he got into the stadium, however, he failed to properly line up a dirt jump or rather a landing, sending him into a roll over his nose. As the crowd roared and Pastrana's draw dropped to the floor on the sidelines, Colin kept driving as the car flipped back onto its wheels, and he gunned it to the finish. Although he lost by just over half a second, the crowd was cheering, and it was clearly not for the winner of the event, but for Colin's incredible crash finish. Travis pumped his fist in amazement, not because he won, but because Colin had finished it all. Maybe no other moment sums up why Colin McRae's name is in contention for the greatest rally driver of all time. Even when he lost, the crowd was on his side. And if you haven't seen this, if it's you, if so you cool. don't remember this, if you're too young, if you never watched in the first place, like this is like the most Colin McRae moment 
to yeah. ever happen, I think. It's amazing. I mean, the crash is amazing and you're like, what? He did that? But then like just the driving leading up to that is makes me so nervous because he's like going as fa- as fast as he possibly can. And it's yeah. just like through barricades and stuff. It's really cool precision driving. Yeah. I mean, he was he was on track to just demolish Pastrana's time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, flip the car. So whoops. So like after this jump that he was going over, there was kind of like a hairpin turn. So what he did was kind of pitch the car as yeah. he was going off of the jump. So it was already rotating in the air. Yeah. yeah, rotating in the air. And then he turned the wheel too. So like w- as the front wheels were hitting the ground, he could just whip around that hairpin. But the the front tire dug into the ground and actually debeated itself from the rim. So tire's coming off the wheel and then the wheel makes contact with the ground and then just digs into the dirt and flips him. Uh, it, but the, it had enough momentum so it could keep rolling and then just got back on his four wheels. It's an amazing crash. You don't even really know what's going on and then he's on his wheels again and yeah. driving. You're like, whoa, what? God, it, I wish I could have seen that in person. Yeah. Yeah, can you imagine? That would have been so exciting. Can you imagine how sick the Home Depot Center would have been back in 2007? <laughs> Dude, can you Where imagine the energy at the Home Depot Center? <laughs> On that day, you got freaking, you got your big old beer in your one hand. Yeah. You got your depot dog in the other. <laughs> it's <laughs> oh, man. now it's the Dignity Health Sports Park. Oh, oh that, that doesn't that roll off the rings, tongue. That's got a, such a better yeah. ring to it. <laughs> yeah. You now you got, got your ding, Dignity Dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably made out of soy or something. <laughs> your Dignity Dog. It's a salad. We'll be right back with more of this story. But first, a word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As time went on, Colin appeared to settle into his role as an elder statesman of rally. He felt free to criticize the sport of racing, always from populist frame of mind. Despite his millions of pounds, he was still the son of a plumber and a huge fan of the sport. In his view, the sport of rally had drifted away from its roots as an accessible sport founded on simplistic car designs. For instance, here's Colin's take on rally engines. Throw away the intercoolers, the turbochargers, all the extra pipe work. You can throw away half the data you need for your present engines. You can also chuck away traction control, <laughs> launch control, center diffs, and semi-automatic gearboxes. When the car is on the stage, the fans watching can't tell if it has an auto launch or a semi-auto gear change or whatever. He's a purist, man. I love how many ways he finds to say throw away. Like, yeah. Chuck away your intercoolers, throw away yeah. your superchargers, toss away your... <laughs> Dispose of the dirt tires <laughs> yeah put the center diffs in the bin <laughs> semi-automatic gearboxes flush them down the commode <laughs> when con mccray arrived at the annual goodwood festival in june of 2007 he was greeted by the crowd as a rally legend 
Colin remained the youngest person ever to win the title of World Rally Championship. His name was on the cover of one of the most popular racing video game franchises of all time, Colin McRae Dirt. He'd recently taken some time off from competing in World Rally to drive in events like the Dakar Rally and 24 Hours of Le Mans, but he was in serious talks to rejoin Subaru for the 2008 rally season. The primary reason for his visit to Goodwood was to debut a new car called the McRae R4 street legal prototype with a 2.5 liter 350 horsepower engine and a body that some compared to the subcompact ford ka whoa <laughs> this this car is crazy it does look like a car yeah with z headlights almost yeah it's pretty sweet i wonder what it would have retailed for more than you can afford pal mccray mccray it was Colin's vision of a rally car with a price tag that would make it attainable to the masses, a people's rally car. To a cheering crowd, Colin ran some laps in the R4 before switching over to his legendary Subaru Impreza and recording the fastest run of the event. He was still the driver that fans across the world loved for his quiet Scottish charm off the track and his devilish aggression behind the wheel. The only question for Colin was what he wanted to do next. Just a couple of months later, at the age of 39, Colin's life story would take an unexpected and tragic turn. While piloting a helicopter near his hometown of Lanark, Scotland, Colin seemed to lose control. Along with Colin, his five-year-old son Johnny was also killed, along with Graham Duncan and a young boy, Ben Porcelli, who was a friend of Johnny's. Just like that, Colin's dream of rejoining the World Rally Championship was over. His work on his R4 rally car ended. Never again would he drive in the Dakar Rally or the X Games. He left behind a wife, a daughter, his father Jimmy, his mother Margaret, and legions of grieving fans. The tragedy was undeniable. Still, Colin McRae could say that he lived life with no regrets. His 39 years on earth had been full ones spent with people he loved doing what he loved, namely racing cars on dirt very, very fast. His flat-out approach applied not just to the track, but to life. <sighs> wow. I'm like, my heart feels heavy right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. <sighs> Which brings us back to our initial question. Is Colin McRae the greatest rally driver of all time? By almost any scientific measure of greatness, the answer is no. After Colin's underdog win in 1995 at the age of 27, Tommy Mackinnon would win four in a row for Mitsubishi. Sebastian Loeb would win an incredible nine world championships for Citroen from 2004 to 2012. If the question was mere dominance, Colin wouldn't stand a chance. But the word greatness leaves room for intangibles. In a sport as technical as rally racing, it's those who race with flair who inspire the fans. Remember that Colin's motto was, when in doubt, flat out. It's why more people love Eric and Senna than Alan Prost. Consistency is great. Winning again and again is impressive, but to watch Colin McRae race, something about his driving just feels fast. At Colin's funeral, a crowd of 20,000 people took to the streets of Lenark to say goodbye. Just like when he had won his world championship to an adoring crowd in 1995, the sound of bagpipes filled the air. Martin Hewins, Colin's personal bagpiper who had traveled the world with Colin to play at various events, played a song called Flower of Scotland.
we'll never see the likes of Colin McRae again. He was one of a kind. What he did was become a people's champion, someone who everyone, not just Scots, but rally fans around the world could count as one of their own. And at what he did, which was so much, Colin McRae was the greatest. Man. I know all these like tragic hero stories start out so fun and they get so sad and then it's like, okay, let's wrap it up. And it's like, well, I could have wrapped it up thirty minutes ago. I would have before, before the sadness he, came, yeah. Yeah, before all the sadness came, and then it's like, uh, I guess I'm just gonna go be bummed for the next hour. Well, I think we can take some uh some some lessons, I guess. Uh use that inspiration uh to to carry you through the day you know i think the biggest lesson is uh stop going in helicopters out of a helicopter get out of the helicopters i I mean i i hope you learned a lot dear listener uh in our series i certainly did because i i really didn't know a lot about colin and now i think he's one of my favorite uh drivers certainly one of my favorite stories we've told on this show Subscribe to Donut Media if you haven't already. Tell a friend about the show, please. If you like this series, if you know a rally fan that doesn't listen to our show already, uh, send them this series. I'd like to thank everybody for listening so far this year. We've uh, because this is definitely one of my favorite shows to do here at Donut. Keep sending us suggestions for episodes you want to hear about because we do listen. Again, thank you to my co-hosts James Pumphrey. You can follow him at James Pumphrey. And you can follow Joe at Joe G. Weber. Big thank you to our producer, uh, Bridget, and our writer, as always, Thomas. Be kind. I love you. Keep it juiced. See you next time. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.